0: Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Barik, and this is CSI Talk. <laughs> hello everyone welcome back to another week another episode of csi talk we hope you're having a great day or night or week so far and This is a safe space for you, so whenever you want to come here to just shut off the world, to listen to two girls talking about their favorite science crime fighting show, we're here for you. So as of right now, we are eleven weeks away from the premiere of CSI Vegas season two. By the time you listening to this, it's gonna be ten weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be ten weeks. By the time you listen to this, remembering just the show premieres September 29th and it's on Thursday now. At 10 p.m. And only on CBS and CBS is not paying us for doing this. We were just doing it because we want to. So today. We're going to be talking about a very early episode of from season two. Episode three called overload. Now this episode gives us an insight into Nick's past. So the pickle. Yep. <laughs> oh, let's begin. So. The episode begins when a construction worker falls from the 12th floor in a construction site. And Gritzen thinks that the victim was electrocuted, the victim Roger Valenti. But the sheriffs and all of the others think that it's just a suicide. Because it, the evidence doesn't support Grissom's theory at yeah. first. Yeah. So Grissom has to go through a lot of, a lot of work to prove his theory. In the meantime, Catherine and Nick have to investigate the death of a teenage boy who apparently went into an epileptic seizure during the therapy session. And this case has a very, resonates with Nick a lot. So we're just going to be talking about Grissom's case first and then Catherine's and Nick's face later. So when Grissom gets to the scene, the sheriff is there. Because the guy who is controlling the construction, Robert Harris, is best with the sheriff, right? So the sheriff is like, don't worry, it's a suicide. Because the guy was very unhappy. And Grissom is like, if you were going to kill yourself, why would you come to your work? And kill yourself at your work. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. And then Robert Harris tells Bruce that the victim, Roger, likes to work alone. And he was in charge of drilling the holes for safety cables because apparently that, that, if I'm mistaken, the building that they were, like that construction was going to turn out into a new, into a prison or. The parking lot it's a parking lot i'm not sure i can't remember when i was watching that episode today so grissom goes to the 12th floor and he goes over the edge and then we have the gray sequence of roger falling down and he quickly you know gets to the conclusion that rogers was electrocutor. Roger believes that GFCI, which stands for Grounds, Fault, Circuit, Interrupter, if I just butchered this, if I just butcher this term and you're a scientist, I'm sorry, <laughs> would have present- prevented the shock, but then Grissom finds out that the plug in the outlet. And the outlet is missing its third prong, which means that their circuit was opened, so the electrocution would still happen. And Grissom kipps Kipps would is still going of the theory that if you're going to kill yourself, you will not come to your work. unless you if be everybody you everybody with. <laughs> yeah. So, Brisson finds out that the prongs just don't snap by themselves. So, someone tempered with the prongs and he found a pair of metal cutters on the ground and then he tries to find fingerprints on it. And the autopsy, aka the most beautiful scenes on CSI because I love the autopsy sequence. Um, Dr. Robbins told, tells Grissom that Roger's ear bones are the only ones that are not broken in his body. It's ironic if you think about this, cause later this season that Grissom starts to use his hearing. Well, well I unfortunately have a lot of experience in broken bones. But have a proper reason for that then. Yeah, I know, but whatever. I have a lot of knowledge about broken bones and fractures and how you get them and how long it takes for you to heal. If he would have, like, imagine if someone fell from the 12th floor of the building and broke every single bone of his body, something else would have had to happen. There had to be an extra force to push your body and break all of the bones. Because it could have, Roger could have rendered in any type of position. It and it, it would have killed him instantly. Watch it fell. Watch it jumped. Watch quest. So what would happen? It kind of reminds me of the the second episode of CSI one. That's what I was just referencing. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the second episode of season one when Sarah first shows up. I don't even have to turn around, Sarah Sidle. <laughs> now, would you do be mad to Mr. Wilford? So back to the autopsy. Doc Robbins says that there's no physical evidence of electrocution. Usually, when someone gets electrocuted and they die, there is some more. There are burns marks on the palms. or or a fan like fern like burn on the chest, but they're neither on the body. Then Grissom is still thinks that it wasn't an accident. So as Grissom tries to investigate the drill, Sarah looked at the case with him. Sarah doesn't know what she's looking for. She tells Grissom that the body usually tells, always tells the story, but at this time, it's not, it was saying that it, that there was no accident and Grissom tells her to break the rules, you know, this is actually reminds me of my chemistry class when I was in ninth grade, my teacher always says that There is always, in nature, there is always one exception to the rule. So in this episode, there was the exception to the rule. And Grissom tells her to start with the conclusion and look backwards, which is kind of what every human science student does. And Grissom discovers that the wires in the drill Crossed, or and which means that the polarity was reversed rogers rubber saw, sold boots would have should have isolated him against the electrical shots but there is a nail in one of his shoes which would if a current went through his body it means that the point of entrance would have been the nail so so Risen comes to the conclusion that someone tampered with the drill and someone and the same person tampered with his boots so warwick works also working in this case he would, we barely really see him because he's literally spent the whole episode just doing one thing he Lines up the reads details from the palm prints on the cutters, and he can tell that it forms one complete palm print. And then when they run through access, the prince comes back as Robert. Robert is the guy who is controlling the construction. And Robert claims that since he's the project manager, his prints would be everywhere. Which makes sense. And he also says that he's all about safety and always taxes the, the tools himself. And the sheriff tells Grissom to drop the investigation. And uh, I don't think it was this episode, but this, the same sheriff that tells Grissom to act a little Okay, sheriff. Glad to know you're doing it on the truth. And then the construction site reopens and Grissom agrees that it's going to be reopened after they went through all of the evidence. And we know our signs when they go to a scene, they collect so much evidence. So the sheriff knows that it is going to take some while for the investigation to drop. And Grissom can not actually do that because he is the lab supervisor, which means that Everything has to go through him at that point. You know, there was no technology as we have today. So, which means that everything was still hard copy. You know, everything had to go through Brissom and it would take a while. And then Russ tells Brissom later that Roger had been elected as the unit representative three days before his death. And have pressed for a walkout if over overtime, bullet pay wasn't increased. So that is motive. Yep. That would give someone motive to silence Roger for guilt. When they question Robert about it, he says that if I'm a unit man and I'm not going to oppose roger's activity so Robert was was like he could do whatever he wanted but i was still wasn't gonna pay over time and then when grissom is walking to the police station apparently the lab is very close to the station a man stops him and tells him that he has information about roger and he told this man tells Grissom that the Union representative before he was the Union represent representative before Roger and that he was the one that came up with the idea for the Walt House. But he says that Robert threatened him and his family, which is why he gave up his position and the man believes he could have been the victim. It's in, in, instead of Robert and in, instead of Roger. So Rissom goes back to the autopsy and he asks to see Roger's body again, but Dr. Robin tells him that the body had been released it was before Rissom. What were you doing? The final coroner reports. There in the final coroner reports, there's nothing that supports the idea of an electrocution. So Wilson convinced Doc Robbins to read through his notes again and find something that is out of the ordinary. And Rogers, okay, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to probably say this wrong. I'm not a doctor nor a So I'm going to probably say this wrong and forgive me if you're one of this. So Rogers trumpeted. I mean, Enzymes were elevated, but Dr. Robbins points out that trumpeting is finding no victims of cardiac arrest, whether they had been electrocuted or not. There was also an elevated concentration of iron in his blood. And it, it wasn't life-threatening, but his skin was also job I can't say this word. So, they're on the seat. I don't know, but the, his skin was, was jaxenated. Jaundiced. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said, which is caused by the of the blood. I watched what? a lot of med- I watched a lot of ER bones in my days. Well, I've watched a lot of bones too. Somehow, I cannot for the life of me remember this. So, as yes, to see Roger's testicles, which is something that Doc Robbins says that he didn't really focus on during the autopsy, though. Know? But, I mean, we can let that slide because, I mean, every time, I mean, Doc Robbins is working a lot. So there was probably a lot of bodies for him to check though Sarah and Warwick were actually surprised that the case had a mythology yet even though the sheriff put it into the investigations so person tells Sarah that she has to dust the nail in Roger's boots for fingerprints and compare them against Roberts and he also tells her to process the metal quarters to determine whether they were used to sever the, the drills in from, and then he and work go to the funeral room to speak with the funeral director, where the body is laid out and examines examines the testicles, and they and then he realized that they were atrophied. Atrophied? Did I say that correctly? Atrophy. Yeah, what she said, I'm so sorry for my lacklustre, I, I cannot speak today. Sorry. So Brissom concludes that with the yellow skin, he, that Rogers was ingesting trace amounts of print through a long period of time. And while that doesn't forget Roger was poisoned. It does means that they are closer to solving the case. And before he would work with Grissom, asked Randy to collect a print, a pint of Roger's blood, which they have to analyze back in the lab. So I think we can now assume that the, the general director, like, I don't know, because usually they embalm the body. So, I think the body wasn't embalmed at that point. It's really creepy to watch. I watched a documentary on on embalming, when I was in upper science college and it they and watched the documentary about a mental hospital. Well, still, so our cat's Rogers was packed in plastic, and in the lab were some strips and rigs the electrical wires on the lamp and then he attached the wires to the blood he proved that roger had enough iron in his blood to conduct electricity and the experiment is a success shocking a total of zero people because grison does that believe in the he be making experiments okay the- well he did make hot dogs that way in college. Yeah. I um, love how so immediately offered him half of a sandwich. So Grissom decides to electrocute pickle, the pickle that Sierra was intending to eat.
1: gonna ate
0: it. Yeah. A born so he shows Sarah the work that the pickle had no burn marks. And he then explains that the pickle, pickles are high in sodium. And just like iron, sodium is a conductive. Normally, the flow of electricity through a body will conduct heat and produce the burn marks. But if the body has no resistance, no burn marks would appear, so they concluded that the Roger's body would offer no resistance because of the high iron content in his blood, and therefore the iron conducted the electricity, which made Roger one big wire from path to ground, so the whole circuit was was closed. And then and he was electrocuted. He had no burn marks, but he was electrocuted, which means that it was a murder. So since they proved that it was a murder, but then Greg interrupts them and tells them that the fingerprints are covered from the head of the iron isn't a match to to Robert Harris. So they can't, they, they conclude that what happened to to Roger to Roger was a murder, but they don't have the culprit yet. So for sometimes the sheriff who is who is less than pleased because robber's name was was dug through the mud, like okay corruption maybe corrupted sheriff much? With back to run for mayor yeah and then the sheriff tells grissom to give a full apology in the newspaper article grissom yes. says no but he says he has but the sheriff tells him that he has no chance and he has no choice he's going to do that so back in his office grissom goes through the database of Electrical Workers Union, and he finds the man that confronted him in the parking lot when he was leaving the station. His name was Ian Wolfe. And since Ian wanted the police to focus on Robert robbery, and brass believed that Ian was the culprit. So, Ian is brought in for questioning, and then it is revealed that he took a pipe to Roger's head four days before he died. Like, this guy, Roger, he went for help before he died. Yeah. Even though the incident wasn't recorded, Roger's widow told Brass about it, and Grissom and Brass discovered that Ian tried to frame Robert for murder. But Ian stops the interrogation, and that's for the lawyer. While Ian leaves, Grissom focused, Grissom focused the tool belt that Ian was wearing, where he had the metal cutters. And they know that Ian's guilty, but they cannot make the same mistake that they did with Robert. So... The but the partial fingerprints from the head of the nail is a match to Ian's. So the team is close to actually framing this guy for murder. And Warwick compares the... Warwick still working on the illustrations. He compares the instructions from the grounding points from and he is able to prove that Ian's metal cutters what was used to do the tricks. And then, in the construction site, by the end of the episode, Grissom has Ian arrested and tell, told him that he was the one that stuck the nail in the Roger's gauge, reversed the polarity of the drill, and cut the grounding from. And then Cheryl be like, oh, congratulations, Grissom. And says that the tender of the newspaper feast will be changed, but Grissom won't be made out to be the hero. As if Grissom actually needed to be the hero, right? Never. Please okay so now this case could be triggered to be a trigger case to some people because it involves the the artwork to one of the csi characters so if you decide to skip this one yeah. so katherine Nick and Ray, Ray O'Reilly. Did you all remember him? He was a detective. Yep. The victim is Dylan Buckley. Catherine and Nick they are called to the house of Doctor Wade sapien where they find Dylan Buckley, who was fourteen years old, dead in her living room. The doctor, Doctor Sapin, she is a psychiatrist. And she explains that she was conducting a session with Dylan when he started to have a seizure, and she tells them that she tried to revive him during CPR, but by the time he stopped seizing, he was dead. And then Nick spotted some ten fibers on her sweater and has Catherine tape left them when. Nick examines Dylan's clothes. Later, he finds the same finders on his shorts, on his boxer shorts. I mean, sees them the way. In the autopsy, Bob Robbins labels the causes of the cause of death as cranial cerebral injuries, including a fracture, a fracture to the occipital bone. He believes that the ignorance was consistent with a grand match seizure, but they needed to be, needed to analyze to be sure of it. And Nick and Doc realized that Dylan's body is covered in bruises. Maybe from being trashed around during the seizure, Now, my best friends has epilepsy and it is normal for a human body to have some sort of injury when he was seizuring but also if this doctor is a psychiatrist she would have known that when someone has a seizure you have to turn them to their side. So they wouldn't, so they won't hurt themselves a bit, you know, and never, if you see someone having a seizure, turn them on their side and never put your hands on their mouth because you will hurt you. You know, the only thing that stops us from actually eating yeah. through our skin is the brain because if it wasn't for that, we would easily bite into it. And they also find the same fibers from the from the they find the same fibers that they found on the doctor, on Dylan, all over his body. And but there were no fibers on his clothes. So at some point He was alone with his psychiatrist in his underwear. Yep. Greg, at this point, he is not a CSO yet. He's still a a lab lab. tech. Yeah. Lab tech, lab red, same thing. (laughs) He determines that the the fibers are ongoing. or processed gold hair. Yes, I did say that with my actual accent because. It is a landlord, and this is enough for them to get a warrant to search the doctor's house. Buzz O'Reilly tells Captain and Nick that while they are lucky to get a warrant, there is no evidence that something criminal happened. The only reason they got a warrant is because the doctor had her life suspended years before because she had sex with an underage patient. By this point the case is already affecting Nick on an emotional level. And he sucks around with it on is boldly. Or, yeah. I mean people always say that whenever something happens, whenever some case happens, Sarah is always the one that gets more emotional. I think All of the CSIs, whatever cases they're working on, some of them are going to get really attached to the case. Uh, Um, prison has pushed people against the wall. He has thrown a cart across the hallway. And yes, there are pushed people against the wall. Mostly when they were questioning kids, but... well. In the doctor's house, Nick is pretty pissed at the doctor and she gives, and he gives her the false order as he's searching for evidence. Kathleen finds a tan-colored blanket in the lining closets, and they get to the conclusion that the doctor's sapient was having sex with an ugly Dillon. They say that the doctor are worth Dylan. And she conclusively denies it. And she says that what happened should have been a sponge for the record. you know, the, the accusations some years ago when, when she had sex with another eight patient, since the patient was 17 years old, even with Every day, even with the evidence and what they think had happened, the, the doctor still says that she did nothing wrong. She keeps saying that Dylan had a seizure. He hit his head and she called 911. And Catherine realizes that Nick is taking the case to, to personally and she asked him about it, but he refuses to tell her what happened. And Nick, back in the lab, Nick, who is processing the blank this grandpa is pretty like, I felt so-, so bad for Nick in the death because he thinks because he saw himself in the victim and at the same time, he had to be a scientist and try and find out exactly what happened to this boy. Like I, when I started college, uh, it was hard for me to separate me, this, the scientist that I was supposed to be, you know, technically we are supposed to like all oh, of the bias before we even walked into something. And also I, when I was a reporter for my college people for a while, I had trouble not showing my emotion in my day, in my, if I supposed to. I had the exact opposite. The whole, and my opposite emotion. Well, I had trouble not showing that means I showed too much. So they're just presenting the boy kids square by square and swabbing for DNA in each quadrant so he's spending a lot of swabs so he gets the dylan test results and then he doesn't even tell catherine and catherine is the senior csi in that case he should have told her and the results tell shows that dylan blood tested negative for Creatine kin- kinosity Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Which shouldn't been elevated procedure. So that means the doctor lied and Nick wants to solve the case all by himself. So mm-hmm. Catherine controls Nick in the middle of the lab in the freaking hallway, like. It's out of the many places to have this conversation. Still it's not gonna the box talk Catherine do something like that. Well. Trigger warning. Catherine confronts Nick in the hallway. And she tells Nick that she's going to have him removed from the case. And then he admits to her that he was molested by his babysitter when he was nine years old. And that's why he wanted to get the psychiatrist arrested because she abused her patients. It's really it's really hard to watch this kind of thing this kind of absurd but still is something that we need to talk about, we did talk, about, we talk about this a lot and then the current political climate in the world, I think we have a platform we still have to talk about it because it's still a problem for most of us. If you're suffering from any type of abuse, tell someone about it. Yes, it's hard to, to take that first half, trust me it took me years to take the first step and tell someone about it almost my entire life but if you're be if you if you were abused by someone and even if this person was someone close to you and you think that nobody's gonna believe you i believe you and i believe you we believe you and the The first step is always the hardest, but after you take the third step, it doesn't become easier, but it certainly, it feels better. They'll take that first step and tell someone about it. And then coming back to the, to the episode, Reg tests all of the swab from the Tim blankets and he finds portfolios from three people dr satan and dylan and the third person shared a familial relationship with dylan since his father is deceased they decide to focus on his and he's a holy sibling yeah they go to the autopsy and then doc Robbins tells Catherine and Nick, that he found ten fibres in Dylan's mouth, a nose, and lungs. So this boy was wrapped in the blanket, and now they have to find out why. Because whatever happened when he died, he was wrapped in that blanket so they bring the doctor and the mother to interrogation and they say that they were performing a therapy technique known as rebirth and the uh-huh. main idea of this technique was to turn back the clock and have the patient reborn in order to rebound with his mom in the blanket would represent the birthing canal and Dylan was instructed to lay down on the floor in the fatal position and his mother and the doctor wrapped him up in the blanket and tied it and then Dylan was complaining that he couldn't breathe they pushed the blanket to to mimic the birthing process. And then the doctors told them told the mother that his complaints was quite technique and they had to keep doing it and doing it harder. And then as Dylan struggled more, they ended up banging his head on the floor. That's what killed him. And then she bet Uh, his mom backed to the doctor to perform the rebirth tactic because she wanted her son to love her and then the doctor says that Dilly was a willing a willing participant yeah I'm sure he was and they both confess to your high state what actually happened because they knew nobody would understand who oh, came up with this with this tactics? Like, just want to talk well this call put this person's probably been discredited by now just is just it's unbelievable look if you're feeling guilty for not loving a parent because this parent treated you badly, then you are not obliged to love them. Not even with me. If you share if you share DNA and all of that, it, it doesn't matter. If one of your parents treated you badly your entire lives, You are in no obligation to love them. My therapist told me that a few years ago, and then they accepted. You don't have to think that it's wrong and that you should love them. If you don't, because they treated you badly, they abused you somehow. It is okay if you don't love them. That is not your fault. It was their decision. The moment they decided to to start abusing <laughs> it. And coming back with the message that we said before, if someone is abusing you, whether a parent, a sibling, cousin, a aunt, family member, a partner, or a friend, tell somebody. If you think they don't believe you, I believe you. do well, well, it. This case that happened with Nick still happens to a lot of people. And it's hard, to, it's not hard to talk about it. It's just, there's a lot of victim blaming. And the blame is never in the victim. The blame is in the abusers the words to blame for doing it they even say that i believe you and take that first step no matter how hard it is it's gonna be worth it in the end i promise i do too so brie what are we talking about next week julie finley Love that. Love her. They shouldn't have killed her. So thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Love you guys.